What's going on, coaches? Hopefully you guys had a great week. Uh, stayed inside, stay warm. Hopefully your electricity and your water held up. Uh, we were one of the lucky ones. We got to keep electricity. Had a frozen pipe, but it thawed out, and we haven't found any huge leaks yet. So uh, we are lucky. Hopefully you guys got just as lucky. I know guys like uh, Coach Walls up north, uh, it was just a light dusting basically for them. So hopefully you guys stay warm and stayed safe. Uh, if you need anything from us, from videos, the podcast, any of our RTP gear, you guys can find that all over at runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Legend Rings. As coaches, we all know the best way to represent our big win is with the championship ring. And the team at Legend Rings wants to help you celebrate your regional and state championship title this season. Their goal is to make your championship ring purchase simple, easy, and affordable from design to delivery. Check them out at legendrings.com or email info at legendrings.com to get started. Let them know that Run the Power sent you, and they will make your ring for free. Again, go check them out at legendrings.com. This episode of the RTP podcast is brought to you by our guys over at Just Play. The team at Just Play hooked us up with their product, as you guys know, uh, and it's been a game changer for us. If you've seen us on Twitter or uh, have talked to us about this at all. We obviously especially love the playbook tools that allow us to create our favorite blocking schemes, as you guys know, power, counter, inside zone, pin and pull, uh, and formations, so we can save time and be more productive. That's the biggest part. Saves time on defenses, saves time on, on inputting offensive uh, formations, and then easy to draw the play out. Just Play is a limited time offer for RTP listeners only. Get my Just Play Pro for $120, which is an unbelievable $60 off the normal list price. Uh, this offer has been extended uh, and won't last forever. You can get this deal at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. The best playbook tool on the market at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. Don't wait. Go do it today. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to high schools around the country. Whether you write your own programs, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program better. Right now, Team Builder is offering a 10-week off-season football training program with a two-a-day speed and agility program. This template even comes with videos from some of the top SEC strength coaches that will show you how to run your weight room. Visit their website and enter the code RTP to get the off-season football training template and start your 14-day completely free trial at teambuilder.com. Again, enter code RTP at teambuilder.com, which is team. B-U-I-L-D-R.com. On this episode of RTP brought to you by Legend Rings, we talk with Ben Kuhn. Coach Kuhn is the OC at Green Hills High School in Green Hill, Tennessee. Listen as we talk with Coach Kuhn about starting a brand new football program and developing as an OC when you have coached offensive line and the run game for most of your career. You can follow Coach Kuhn on Twitter at Coach underscore Kuhn. Hope you guys enjoy. My name is Ben Kuhn. I'm the offensive coordinator at uh, Green Hill High School, which is located in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Uh, if you don't know where that is, it's uh, just east of Nashville. Um, I grew up born and raised in North Carolina. I graduated from uh, Davie County High School. I uh, played for head coach Doug Illing when I was there. Um, didn't really play football until uh, my junior year. Uh, coach Illing convinced me to come out, and uh, it was probably one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, I wasn't an excellent player by any means, but uh, Coach Elin worked with me after, you know, my senior year to help find me somewhere I could go play in college. And I uh, had the opportunity to walk on at two or three different places and uh, ended up choosing a Lenore Ryan University, which is a D2 school in Hickory, North Carolina. And um, just, you know, really loved it. I think it's one of the best decisions I ever made going there. Um, there was a head coaching change after my freshman year there. And, the new staff that came in was just, you know, they turned the whole program around. And I was kind of there at the, the starting days of that. And I got to play for uh, four years for the same offensive line coach, which, you know, is a blessing. And uh, his name was Ron Boyd. He's uh, actually the offensive line coach at the Citadel right now. But um, was really there just for four years during a uh, kind of changing of the guard. And, you know, after I left, they've gone on to win multiple conference championships. And, 
um, even got a berth in the D2 National Championship, which was um, really cool to get to see, you know, that I was there when the whole thing started. Um, but then after college, um, I got married, moved to, out to Tennessee. Uh, my first year, I was the offensive line coach at Scotts Hill High School, which is in West Tennessee. It's in a little bitty town most people probably never heard of called Regan, Tennessee. Um, after there, I went for two years as the offensive line coach in uh, Coffee County High School, which is in Manchester, Tennessee. Uh, actually, my first year, I was the safeties coach. I wasn't the offensive line coach, which um, that was a little something else, being an offensive lineman <laughs> for pretty much my whole time and then having to coach safeties for a year. Um, from there, I went to uh, Franklin High School, which is in um, Franklin, Tennessee. I coached for uh, Donnie Webb, was the head coach there, and um, probably two of the best years of my career at Franklin High School, just learning under Donnie Webb. Um, our offensive coordinator was Dan Winfrey, who um, you know is, is a really good coach in Tennessee, and you know just learned a lot about football. Probably learned more in those two years than I've learned throughout my entire career. And then after that, I went for five years to Smyrna High School, which is actually where I live. Um, coached offensive line there for five years. Um, been, was around a lot of great kids, just a hardworking, blue-collar mentality kids to coach. You know, those are the kind of kids you love to have on the offensive line. And then um, I've always known that I, I want to, you know, kind of move up in the um, coaching world. And so I, I was kind of looking for a place to uh, get my first job as an offensive coordinator with, you know, the goal one day of being a head coach. And there was a new school that opened up. Um, the Mount Juliet, Tennessee, Green Hill High School. And um, Josh Crouch, who's the head coach, hired me to be the offensive coordinator. And uh, we just finished our first season. And uh, what, a, what a year to have a first season in with all the, the COVID protocols. But we ended up um, actually winning three games. Uh, we had two forfeits, which, you know, made us five wins overall, which, Jeez, you know, for yeah. Program, yeah, for a first-year program, that's, that's really big. And uh, it's just a, it was a really fun year. You know, we started all practicing that – our middle school feeder because our stadium wasn't even done and um it was just a crazy year but um just really fun to be a part of be a part of a program and setting the culture and you know starting you know from the from the bottom level i guess you could say but well yeah, coach so this, yeah th this this episode is going to be really fun for me because uh, i'm uh, currently without a job and and kind of the big decision is you know do I go and be an offensive line coach somewhere or, or like you said is it time to to grow into that offensive coordinator position and and you know there's plenty of guys that coach quarterbacks and go on to BOCs or wide receivers that go on to BOCs and but and, and there are offensive line as well but to me it's it's a little bit different of a transition um, anything you could tell me obviously I'm, I'm excited to hear what you have to say but what were what were some of your biggest steps to make going from the offensive line to calling the offense itself? And and did you get to continue to work with the offensive line? Uh, how did that work for you? Yeah, I mean that it's it's funny whenever I listen to you talk on this podcast about that, and and that it's a real thing. Like going from an offensive lineman to an offensive coordinator is a it's a big change because you go from you know pretty much dealing essentially in the run game and pass protection to you've got to be responsible for it all. And, um, you know, I had each year because, you know, I knew my goal was to move up each year. I would take the offseason and just kind of start studying different passing concepts and just, you know, try to either teach myself or meet with our offensive coordinator when I was, you know, at multiple places and just trying to learn from them. But um, from going to just coaching the offensive line to calling plays, I mean, it, it took me a while to get comfortable with it. I mean, obviously, I've still got a, a ways to go. You know, I'm I'm still learning. And, you know, one day I, I, might, I might have arrived. Who knows? But um it, it, it was tough, you know, early in the season, I was really struggling with, you know, just wanting to focus on the offensive line, but you kind of have to, um, you know, trust your position coaches that you have. And, um, you know, as far as like still having a hand in the offensive line, you know, I don't, I don't foresee myself ever not having a hand in the offensive line just because that's where, that's my passion. That's what I believe in. And, you know, that's where I think, you know, games are won and lost, but uh, we had an offensive line coach, uh, Mason Taylor, who, you know, did an awesome job. Um, this year with the offensive line and, you know, most individual position time I would spend with them, but um, I was able to kind of float from position to position and kind of, you know, intervene or help as I see fit. And, uh, you know, that, that was really big, just having somebody, you know, you could trust and you knew would kind of uh, coach the offensive line the correct way, um, which has kind of helped me kind of give up a little responsibility there. Coach, I, I, you know, kind of the opposite for me, you know, being a skill guy to begin with and then, you know, rolling towards the offensive line, uh, and I've probably said it on a few podcasts, like I, I almost considered it a, an advantage 
of kind of going into, you know, learning the new things because I didn't really have any preconceived notions of, you know, offensive line play. I hadn't played the position. So to me, it's like, I didn't have any bad habits. I didn't have any, you know, cognitive dissonance about it. This is how it should be. And this is the way I should think. Um, to me, the, the best way to learn it is, is to kind of go into it fresh. And, and honestly, you're, you're probably going to be able to learn it, you know, quote, right the first time and not really have to change anything. Oh yeah, no, I'm hundred percent agree. And um, it, it was, you know, you kind of have to be very humble and, you know, at times you have to ask people, why is it like that? You know, why is, you know, what are we doing here? And it's tough when you've coached for a while and, you know, it's tough to admit when you don't really understand something and to, you know, ask guys for help. But, you know, that's the one thing about the coaching community is it's so nice to be able to, you know, call up guys you coach with, people you know, and, and just kind of lean on them and, and help you in the areas that you got to learn on. But, you know, for, for me, I think, I think I, I don't, I couldn't imagine going, I guess, from the opposite, opposite perspective, going from a skilled coach to having to learn, O-line, like, I just feel like that would be very difficult. I'm, I was very happy that I got to go from O-line and then learn all the, uh, <laughs> the skill stuff that goes into it as well. Yeah, it, it wasn't easy. I know that. They, they, look at the, they look at the small, skinny guy, and they're like, what are you doing over here? So <laughs> it, it, it takes a little time, but, yeah, the same thing, man. I mean, once you, once you kind of, you know, build up a little bit of respect and, you know, know your place, you, know, you can learn the things and, and help those guys out, just like anything else, like you said, if you – if you're making guys better and you're getting better, they don't care who it is. You know, hey, you, this this guy knows his stuff, and when I when I try it, I get better doing it. They're gonna listen to anybody. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's you know, and, and it was really cool, you know, especially with the first year of high school too, to be able to kind of be in on the ground level of starting everything, and you know, our kids had never really had our system, so we had to develop a whole system to teach them, and and you know, that was for a first year coordinator, it was it was really cool to get to see because you know, you have to start day one with just the basic, most basic of stuff. There's no prior knowledge there to, that you have to build off of. So that was, that was a challenge. But at the end of the day, I think it, it helped me a lot being a first-year offensive coordinator, being able to go through that. Yeah, what, what is that like, Coach? You know, we've had a few guys on here that talk about, you know, starting a program. And it, it's always so interesting to me because it seems like you guys can really go in whatever direction you want. You know, you've got – young kids normally, you know, a young group that you're going to bring up through and be around them for a long time. And, and it's a place that doesn't have any traditions yet. You guys get to create that. How much of your talk in the off season, you know, do you have time to do that the first year? Is that something you got to do, you know, in between first and second year? What are, what are some things you guys talk about when you're, you're literally building it from the ground oh, yeah. up? I mean, you know, one thing that it was um, really cool about this year is, our head coach, uh, Coach Crouch, does an absolute amazing job uh, building and developing culture. And, um, you know, if you were around our team at all, you wouldn't believe that, you know, this was the first year having this program. I mean, our, our players were close to each other. They loved each other. They took care of each other. And that, you know, that, that just comes from different, like, cultural building things that we would do as a program and coaches. Um, but then, like, you know, as far as starting traditions, like, you know, we, we picked a few things that we wanted to start at the beginning of the year. Um, we really like the idea how, you know, programs like LSU and stuff, they'll have like a, a special number that, you know, is an honor to wear. And so, so we did that and we started that tradition here and, you know, we chose number 20, which is, you know, 2020 was our first year. So we thought that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, just being able to start those traditions and then, you know, even now, especially, you know, with the off season is really where we're getting into that because, you know, we didn't really have an off season. Like we got these kids, um, in like May and that was the first time we had, you know, access to our team. And so we really didn't have like an off season to build, you know, uh, like, you know, the winter months to build, you know, your culture through the weight room. It just kind of had to be done on the fly. But, um, you know, now with our off season we're in now, it's we're having the opportunity to go back and, and do some other things that we want to do with these kids. And it's it's I think it's going to pay really big dividends for us in the future for sure. So so where do you start? You get these kids and, and you know, you're going to build your offense. Uh, you start with the run game. You start with the pass game. You know, where are you starting in the run game? Uh, you know, uh, where do you start, you know, when you come into a brand new program? I mean, there, there's other times, you know, you'll come in and be the off new offensive coordinator. And so you're trying to, you know, talk to these new coaches. How was it done before? What did you guys call things? How do I do these for the kids? Everything's brand new. Do you first find a staff and you guys decide as a staff how you're doing what's the process of that well I mean I kind of went into it you know I had kind of developed um the scheme that I wanted to implement and 
you know, obviously you've got to change things based off the kids you, you get. And so, you know, there was a lot of that. But, you know, we as coaches, we met, you know, unbelievable amounts of hours on Zoom and just trying to get everybody on the same page. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer that everybody's got to talk the same language, like especially coming from the offensive line room. Like if one kid's saying this and you're calling it something else, I mean, it's tough to be successful. So a lot of the, you know, the pre-work was getting everybody on that same page. You know, if I, if I call an overfront, like this is what we're going to call an overfront. You know, if I, you know, just, just different terminology like that. And then, you know, with the playbook, you know, to me, uh, I'm an offensive lineman at heart. I'll, I'll be that way until the day I die. But um, to me, we start with a run game and we we're going to, you know, develop that mentality that, you know, when you play Green Hill High School, it's going to be a physical game. We're going to get after you. You know, we're going to be extremely, uh, extremely talented on our double team blocks. Um, and, you know, duo was really um, that's one of the plays that I believe in most of all. And that was we kind of started there. And um, it was kind of funny. You know, we, we first the first week we were in, we installed duo. And gosh, it was probably maybe two more weeks before we installed another play just because I was like, we're going to be good at this. And we're going to do all of our adjustments, our tags off of it. Um, but, you know, this is going to be our building block. And then, you know, past the game wise, we, we took, you know, maybe one to two concepts a week and just really kind of just rep those concepts until the kids got so good that they couldn't, they couldn't run them wrong. And then we just kind of kept building from there, but it's, you know, it, it was a process and it took a lot of patience and, you know, you as a coach, you want to hurry up and install all of your adjustments and all of your, you know, I guess tricks or whatever you want to call them. But, you know, we just knew if we took it slow and, and did it the right way and made sure the kids understood what we were doing, that it would be more successful in the long run. And it was. Coach, can you talk a little bit about, you know, kind of the, the meeting structure? I know early on you guys probably did a lot of, you know, large group, full offense meeting. Um, I always felt as a coordinator, you know, I've been a lot of places. Um, it, always, it always was weird to me when you're part of an offense and they didn't meet, you know, together. Like, you know, and, and even it didn't have to be everybody, but like, you know, tight ends meeting with, you know, tight ends and running backs meeting with the offensive line, you know, quarterbacks meeting with the offensive line to talk protections. And then I've always had QBs and receivers, like literally always together, right. uh, especially. So, I mean, could you talk a little bit about how maybe you set up meetings? And I know being at a new school, you probably did more of that, but I think, you know, is that something you want to continue? Is that something you, you maybe going to kind of tweak? Uh, interested to hear your thoughts on that. Oh, yeah. I mean, one thing we did is we use Google Classroom a lot. Our district um, is very big into Google Classroom. And so we actually made like a Google Classroom for football. And, um, you know, I would go in and create different assignments. And I would do these kind of like screencast videos where I would do, you know, I guess just kind of introductions and walkthroughs through the plays and, you know, drawing it up on a diagram for the kids. And, um, and so we did that a lot in the early part, just trying to get them to understand, you know, what are our formation rules? You know, how are we going to, um, you know, do these different like smaller aspects that, you know, in the end are extremely important. Um, but then we would usually meet as an entire offense, you know, before we got started on the field and we would kind of go through, you know, these videos and just kind of discuss and, you know, we'd have quizzes that the kids would do online and uh, kind of make a little competition of among them, you know, who got the most questions right from the you know, most recent install that we did. And, um, you know, as far as like grouping different position coaches together, I was actually, you know, talking to our uh, B-backs, which are, you know, most people call them H-backs, but we just call them B-backs, um, kind of like our fullback tight end bodies. I was talking with our, our B-backs coach today. And, you know, one of the things that we did that I think was just, you know, huge for us is, you know, we tried to combine positions as much as possible. Like our, our B-backs were an extension of our offensive line. I mean, when we did offensive line drive block progression, they went through every single step of our drive block progression with us. Um, and we just tried to kind of streamline things as much as possible. Um, and, and, and I think that had a lot of success for us, just how we kind of grouped people. And we would do, you know, full, full uh, offensive meetings, but then kind of group uh, different groups together uh, to kind of benefit us. Coach, here's a question that I'm, I've been curious about with a lot of guys this year is, you know, obviously this year a lot of things had to change with all the COVID stuff, how you guys met – you know, I would assume, at least it did for us, how we met and a lot of meetings over Zoom, you know, you could only meet for 10 minutes in, in an actual meeting and practices had to change and time limits and, and all these different things. There's, there's big change and there's obviously a lot of things that, you know, probably weren't super beneficial for football, but I think there's probably a few things out there maybe that, that we saw that we really liked and, and, and plan on 
taking into next season. Uh, assuming that next year is is full go, back to go, which probably isn't a good assumption right now, but <laughs> assuming that, is there any things that, that you guys used or, or things that you guys did this year that you, that you thought, you know what, we should be doing this all the time, not just, you know, during a, a, a pandemic? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're for sure going to keep using our Google Classroom that we've got set up. I don't know if y'all have if y'all's districts where y'all are at use Google or y'all Google schools or what, but um, that we already have, we already have it going for our off season, but we have our whole weight program is designed in Google classroom. Um, within that Google classroom, I have like an offensive topic and, you know, I've already been working on, you know, producing videos that the kids are going to be able to go through and, and watch and answer questions on just, you know, of the changes that we're doing or if a kid needs to review stuff. Um, so I think, I think for sure, just, you know, the use of Google Classroom, the use of Zoom, I mean, I, I think it's so much easier um, to be able to meet like that and to get a lot of work done before you get on the practice field. I mean, you know, when I was in college, we would have, I mean, you guys know, I'd have, we'd have meetings for forever before practice and you'd step oh, yeah. on the practice field and you knew exactly yeah. what was going on. And, and in high school, that's tough. But if you can give a kid an assignment in Google Classroom and be like, all right, here's our adjustments for this week's opponents. Here's what's different for your rules this week based on how they line up. and and if they can have that information before you hit the practice field, I mean, that, you know, you're, you're still in time is what you're doing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, be, being able to have all of our guys, you know, together, we use Google Classroom too, coach. And then I, I've even taken a step further with like my position group, having them all on like a group chat on Twitter. So it yep. becomes super quick. It's just, you know, hey, guys, I, I was watching, you know, whatever film. I'm going to throw a link in here for Zoom and we're all going to hop on. And it'll be 10 minutes. So if they can get on there, you know, you can get, you know, get things corrected, get things fixed. And then if there's something new that maybe the OC wanted to pop in, you know, for a Wednesday, I could get it done right now rather than saying, okay, well, I hope I can meet with them in person. You know, now I'm like, I don't even have to worry about it. So shoot oh. it out during quit on Twitter, shoot it out on Google classroom. Let's get on film quick. And, and we're done. They're ready to roll. Yeah. We use a, I don't know if y'all, it's like a texting platform. It's called group me. Yep. Um, we use that with our kids too. And, and it's just, it's so easy to communicate with them. And, you know, I mean, anything technology, kids are going to eat it up. You know, they love that. Um, and so anything that can make it easier for your communication with the kids is just, it's just huge. And it, it, it helps you out so much. And so that's, you know, for us, we'll definitely take all of that into uh, future seasons from now on, just because, you know, it's, it gives you a little bit of an advantage, I think. So coach, as an offensive line coach, speaking for myself anyways, you know, you go and, and it's, Saturday, you break down all the film, all your offensive linemen, and then you start watching, you know, your next week's opponent. You know, kind of the first thing I start doing is is breaking down, you know, their front. You know, are they shade? Are they over? Are they under? Are they odd? You know, I start breaking down fronts, and then I start looking at, you know, who's their dudes on defensive line, who's their guys that aren't very good on defensive line, and basically start watching their front. Probably don't watch as much linebackers as I should. I've gotten a little bit better at it this year, but but that's about the extent of what I watch. And then I – I go through and I'll, I'll draw up, you know, uh, basically how they align to each of our formations uh, on some paper that I have with some pre-printed out formations. Uh, and that's about the extent. And then I go through what, what we like run game wise based off of that. So I, I would assume your process was somewhat similar when you were just with offensive line. Now you go to the whole offense. What is, what do you start looking at now? Uh, is it, Still, that's the first go-to because you're an offensive line guy. Have you had to retrain your brain and and where it looks <laughs> first on film on Saturdays? What does that process look like? Oh, as far as the retraining your brain, you have to because, you know, my eyes always <laughs> just go to the box. Like, I just want to know where right. the box <laughs> <laughs> Where they put the, the three? Yeah. yeah, who cares about the safeties in the corners? Forget those guys. Let's, <laughs> let's run the football. But, no, I mean, I, I still, I still kind of start my breakdown the same way that I did as an offensive line coach because – you know, our mentality, we're, we're kind of like a, a spread with a blue-collar mentality. We're going to run the football. We're going to have option concepts. Um, we're going to throw some quick game stuff. But, you know, first and foremost, we're going to run the ball. And so, you know, the priority for me is, you know, let's, let's make sure that, you know, we've, you know, evaluated who we're playing correctly. Let's look what kind of fronts they are. Um, what kind of blitzes do they like to do? Do they, you know, get in certain situations and they're going to start sending different blitzes? Um, if they're like an odd front team, where are they slanting? Are they slanting to our running back, his alignment? Are they slanting to our B? Um, is it like a, a field boundary kind of thing? Um, you know, I, I always would tell our staff, you know, I, I always – each week I'll watch film until I feel like I can call the defense for who we're playing. 
like until I understand, like, you know, obviously you're not going to know everything, but until I can understand their, their basic kind of rules and, you know, you play some teams and you might never get to that point. You might not feel hundred percent comfortable, but um, a lot of times you can start to pick up tendencies and understand, you know, kind of how they, they work their defense. But, but, you know, for me, I always start with the box and then I just kind of build from there. And, uh, you know, our receivers, coaches, our quarterbacks, coaches, they deal, you know, a lot in the passing game as well. And so they kind of help me with a lot of stuff and, um, we just kind of all come together on Sunday, put it all together, and um, then present it to the kids is usually how we go about it. So did you did you guys bring the kids in on Sunday? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. Like, my entire coaching career, I've never brought kids in on a Sunday. And our, our, right. head, coach, our head coach, Coach Crouch, is, he's all about it. And I, at first I was like, I, this is not going to be good. Like, come on, this isn't going to work. I'll, I'll tell you guys right now, I'll, I'll never do it another way. And, I mean, when we bring them in, like, it wasn't, it wasn't a marathon. They would get here right at the end of our meetings. We would have a quick offensive defensive meeting with them. We'd usually go in the weight room and do some type of like light sort of lifting with them. And then we'd go out in the field and just kind of do our walkthrough and corrections from the previous week. And I mean, usually those kids were out of there in two hours. And I mean, I, I, like I said, at first I was very skeptical of it, but I, I'll never be able to do it another way. It's just, it's, it was, it was so beneficial to us and getting our installs in. I just thought it was huge. Yeah, we've gone to the same. I, I love it. At five o'clock at nights when they come in and they're they're always out of there before seven. And yep. like you said, I mean, you know, you get your stuff done early on Saturday when you come in, but then there's like no other pressure. You know, it's you go go watch college games. You can go home and break things down on huddle. You know, you've already got some of your stuff done, you know, self-scout wise. So I, I always like to just kind of relax a little bit on Saturday, do do the work I needed to. And then knowing, you know, Sunday's going to be our work day, but the kids are so fresh when they come in, they're already excited for coach. What do we got this week? Let's go, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I always thought that just never really thought it would work, but until I was in it and I realized, you know, just how nice it is and, and the kids buy into it too. I mean, we, we have very little attendance problems. Um, our kids were all about it. And, you know, for us, especially being a, a first year program, we don't really have a full roster. I think we only had four seniors this year. Um, so whenever there's a JV game on Monday and JV leaves practice early, you're looking around and it's just like <laughs> you and maybe like 20 other kids that are there for, <laughs> for practice on Monday. And so, you know, you kind of had to get that still that day on Sunday to kind of help you out there, which is, is, is what we ended up doing. I think that's awesome. I've always wanted to, to be able to go on Sunday and, and hopefully we get to eventually uh, because two, you know, like, like Wall said for the coaches, but I think for the kids too, we always lose out on so many kids because they you are not so many, but a, a few of the good kids, cause they want to go, watch a division two team play football they got invited to, or they want to go watch Tulsa or OU play, or they got friends that are playing for whoever and they want to watch that team play. And, and if you have things on Saturday, it makes it really difficult for them to get to watch college football. And, and one of the biggest struggles that, that I've ran into is, is getting kids that really, really love football. And so when you can let them have the day off Saturday and let them be around and watch football, I think that, obviously benefits their body, it benefits them getting to watch football, watch college level football, go to those programs. And, and uh, like you said, I think, I think the attendance thing works out way better because those kids can do that, go to church or whatever on Sunday morning, and then come in later at night, you know, when they're rested and when they've got everything else they needed to get done, done. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, like I said, I don't, I don't think I'll ever be able to go back to not bringing kids in on Sunday. I mean, it just, I thought it was, it was, very beneficial to us and just gave us a, an extra day in the week to kind of get, you know, all the basic install stuff in. And then, you know, you hit the field Monday and you're, you're practicing. You're not having to do walkthrough periods and practice. I mean, you've already taught it and you're ready to go. And so that was, that was big for us. So coach, when you guys go to seven on seven in practice, it, are you traveling with them? Are you giving that to your quarterbacks, wide receivers coach and staying with the line? Where's that go? Cause these are, these are all questions that have run through my head. What am I going <laughs> to, what am I going to do if I'm in this situation? I'll tell you right now, I'd much rather stay with the offensive line and do 15 minutes of double teams. And, <laughs> oh, I know it. <laughs> <laughs> then go down and, and watch seven on seven. I, I tell you, I, most of the seven on seven stuff, I would let our quarterbacks, receivers, coaches do it. We had, we had two receivers coaches this year, which was um, really, really big. We had one for our, you know, X and Zs and then uh, a different coach for our Y, which was, was awesome. Um, but, uh, you know, I would, I would go to some of them. And uh problem is I would sometimes bring my offensive line mentality to them. And, uh, you know, sometimes they didn't know how to react whenever I would kind of lose my cool over certain things. And 
you know, but it's, it's, it's one of those things, you know, it comes down to having people that you coach with that you trust, you know, and, and people that you know are bought into your vision and, and our coaching staff here, man, they're, they're bought in, they get it. And, you know, I, there's, you know, they can handle things a lot on their own, but um, just having those coaches you can trust allows me to kind of, you know, budget my time where I need to go. You know, do I need to spend more time today with the offensive line because, you know, maybe we're playing a multiple front team and we got to make sure that we're squared away in the run game or, you know, maybe we're playing the same style of defense we played for three weeks in a row and so I can go spend more time, you know, with our receivers and working on our passing game stuff. So, you know, it really comes down to just having people you can trust and, you know, coaches you know who are, Kind of teaching things the same way that you are and that the communication is there and that's that's the biggest thing for me coach so you guys sit down as a staff you guys get on the same page you know we you have that that plan that roadmap that you know like hey man this is this is how it's all going to work and then all of a sudden you you hop into the season and you're like whoa you know we we got to make a few adjustments did you have any of those kind of moments where it's like you know hey you know, obviously duo was going to be our play. Maybe you thought like counter was going to be, you know, your second play. Were there any things that you'd maybe kind of plan for? And then all of a sudden you hop into the season and now, hey, man, we got to adjust. We got to shift gears here because, you know, we're finding out we're maybe a little bit more efficient or a little bit better at this. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a great question. I think uh, the biggest thing is, you know, run game wise, we um, I think as the year went on, we became a little bit more option driven. Um, you know, still running duo, but, you know, having it to where either it's a, it's just a read for the quarterback or we're bringing our Y in orbit motion and running kind of triple off of it. Um, we started to kind of get more to that just because uh, the quarterback we had was a very good athlete and, you know, he wanted to run the ball and, you know, I wasn't going to deny him. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the biggest one for us this year and, and part of it just, you know, comes from, you know, me, I guess really for the first year being heavily involved in the passing game is we kind of had to, revamp a lot of what we did in the passing game because we were you know initially kind of looking at a lot of downfield um passing concepts you know your mills concept and, and, and stuff like that and uh, you know we just realized midway through the year so like or a couple games in the season you know this is just it's not going as well as we thought like let's kind of refocus on our quick game let's you know three steps get the ball out and uh, get our athletes the ball in space and let them make plays and you know once we did that we kind of refocused ourselves um it, it made a huge difference in our passing game. Our quarterback felt more comfortable. Um, we started rolling him out of the pocket a lot more rather than just sitting him back there. And he loved that. That was once we started doing that, it's just kind of looking around like, why haven't we been doing this all along? Like, are we, are we that stupid as coaches? We can figure this out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you always have to adjust. And, and it was definitely tough this year with our kids, you know, because we've never really been around them. So we really had to go in with the plan and then adapt the plan and, and try to figure out what's going to work best for them. Coach, so, so what were some of your your plays that you had off of Duo? Was it um, – did you have some big play-action shots off of it? Uh, did you have some run game that protected it? Uh, just if you haven't listened to us much, we're, we've been – I don't want to say negative against Duo, but we've been uh, heavy inside zone guys. Uh, but uh, obviously there's there's been – people way smarter than us that love duo. So we're not the, not trying to say we're the, the smart, you know, anything about it just have been from what we have we've learned from it or what we've our ability to coach. It maybe is the better way to put it has not been very good. What are some things that you guys do to protect that uh, some play action stuff or, or other run game? Obviously you said option, but that, that protects um, uh, duo. Well, I mean, we have a lot of, you know, just our basic adjustments that we have built into duo that, you know, based on what a team is, how they're attacking us. You know, are they a, an odd front with both outside backers on the ball and they're just shooting every single time? You know, we have different adjustments that we can make, um, mainly where we send our B-back on the snap to the backside, kind of like almost like a split kind of look where he kicks the backside in. Um, that was one of our, our favorite adjustments. Or um, We even had a way that we would um, – I always call it like a J block because you're making the – the shape of a J where your, your B back or your H back, whatever you want to call them, is running kind of like ISO on the play side linebacker. Um, you know, we even had it to where we get to midline off of our duo blocking and run a midline. Um, but we had a lot of different just variations to duo that we could very easily um, do depending on how people are attacking us. Um, one of the biggest variations, we didn't, we didn't do it a lot this year, we did it a little bit, is um, I'm a big fan of playing with offensive line splits. Uh, part of it is when I went to college, we were triple option. And so we would have just ridiculous splits sometimes. 
Um, and so we kind of incorporated <laughs> that into duo. And I'm telling you, some teams, they wouldn't have an idea. They'd be confused as could be about what you're doing. Uh, they're walking up linebackers in these gaps, and then we're throwing, you know, a little RPO shot right behind them. I mean, it's just, you know, a lot of different things we could do um, with duo. But, you know, we had one or two play actions, um, kind of like a, more like, like a hot pass to the, uh, the B back, like he kind of arc releases and kind of gets a horizontal separation away from the linebacker. And so we'd have, it's kind of like a, I guess, you know, a pass pass option. You're either hitting the B back in that little seam right there in the alley or your uh, receivers are blocking kind of a bubble look on the outside. So um, once you set up duo enough, the linebackers just flowing, we'd hit teams with that and usually hit your B back wide open running down the middle of the field. Um, which I'll take that matchup with him on a safety any day of the week. And, uh, you know, and that, that was really honestly our biggest play action off of it. It was just – it was very consistent for us as the year went on. Coach, how fast are you guys kind of moving uh, with spread? I know there's so many different kind of philosophies around that. Do you change tempos? Do you go fast? Do you go slow? You know, walk us through a little bit of how you guys, you know, kind of roll tempo-wise and then maybe, you know, a little bit of, of kind of how you guys call it. Yeah, well, we have – you know, I'm – I'm a big believer. I've coached in a lot of different types of offenses, you know, just in my uh, 11 years as a coach. But um, one of the things that I'm a big believer in is you, you got to have multiple tempos. If you're, you know, up tempo all the time, then it's not really, the, to me, it's not that big of an adjustment for the defense. But if you're going as fast as you can for two plays, then all of a sudden you're in a huddle. And then on the next play, you're lining up on the line of scrimmage and it's kind of like a check with me situation. Um, that that's tough. It, it messes kind of with the momentum of the defense. And so that's something we incorporated um, from day one, just the three different ways to do our tempo. And, um, you know, if we're going true hurry up, um, we had the idea as a coaching staff to start letting, uh, letting our quarterback set the formation. And so um, it would be even quicker than like all we'd have to do is send into the play. And, you know, we had different rules depending on what, what personnel grouping we're in or where we're at on the field as to where the quarterback set the formation. But then me as the play caller, all I got to do is, you know, I know the rules, I know what he's going to do, and I can get the play in and we can snap it, you know, almost as fast as it's set. Or, you know, we can get in our huddle and burn some clock and, you know, just kind of lean on the defense a little bit or even go in our check with me stuff. And, you know, that's something uh, to me that is just, is just huge. And it, it gives you a, a little bit of an advantage on a defense, just being able to kind of, you know, vary your tempos and they don't really know what to expect. Um, but then as far as like, you know, communicating those in, like we just had different hand signals depending on the tempo that we we're in um, that we would communicate with our quarterback. And, you know, our, our receivers would have to learn, you know, the different concepts, like the, the signals for different either pass plays or run plays. Um, but, you know, if we're in the huddle, we were signaling everything into the quarterback. He was the only person looking. He tells everybody. Um, and then they kind of break from the huddle and run it from there. Um, so, you know, we and, and that's something we'll probably kind of, play with a little bit this coming season, you know, some different ways to, I guess, signal in our plays and be a little more efficient there. But, you know, for the most part, um, you know, we, we didn't have a whole lot of mistakes this year. I mean, I can only think of a, a handful of times that we had some communication problems, but, you know, we've got really good kids here and we were, we're blessed and they, uh, they really bought into the system and learned it. And it was, it was, it was fun to be able to watch them excel at it. Yeah, I, I would, I would bet. So, so coach, I'm looking, you know, again, I, I'm in this situation thinking, okay, do I go, you know, OC and stuff. Uh, and I'm looking in, and my two big, you know, nervous things are what happens if we get in a two minute situation, you know, <laughs> because I feel real comfortable. Hey, it, we, it's four, four, you know, four minute drill. I feel comfortable with that. I feel comfortable, you know, running the rock and, and hitting play actions and off of runs and boot naked, you know, feel good about all that and, and throwing some shots, you know, some normal pass plays, but then, you know, only thing that comes up to me makes you nervous. I, you know, big ones to me were two minute drill situation and uh, you know, I guess three third, third and long and then red zone, you know, throwing balls in the red zone uh, going into it. Were, were those three things, were you trying to focus on any of those three things uh, did you have reservations about any of those three things? And then, and then how did that work for you uh, throughout the year? how did you learn more about that and, and kind of hone your craft with that? Yeah. I mean, we would, we would take different periods of practice and um, we just kind of started doing this. I, I don't remember where I stole it from, but we would have like a, a 10 minute third down period and we would start and just kind of walk the ball down the field. We would have a third and 10 and we'd have a third and nine, a third and eight, a third and seven. 
and you know we would have you know different um, hashes or from in the middle of the field and, and we would just really kind of stress that to the kids and and we would keep track of how many we converted you know are we seven for ten are we eight for ten and you know we would have you know consequences for the kids you know if, if we had a, a blocking bust on third and one first off that that's never acceptable but you know we would I have some type of penalty for it against us. But I think just, you know, taking time to practice and, and simulating those situations, especially our third down, um, third down uh, simulation that we did with the third and 10 and working all the way down to third and one was, was huge. And I, I, I think our kids really bought into it and they understood, you know, third down is big. And then, you know, we did, we would always do like a two minute drill on Thursday. I think everybody in the country probably does something similar to that. But, um, you know, we would, when we went in our up tempo, we would call it our NASCAR tempo this year. Um, whenever we did it, we would include it in our regular team sessions. So we might be, you know, just going through a regular team session, and then all of a sudden we jump and hurry up, no huddle, and we're trying to run, you know, our scripted plays as fast as we can. And so that to me just kind of having that ability means, you know, if you have that built into your offense, like a, a hurry up, no up tempo where the quarterback's calling the formation, you know, it, it kind of takes away from as many of the two minute drills you have to practice. I mean, obviously we had to practice the, you know, the get out of bounds, get the sure. ball the official, all those rules. But, you know, if your offense can, can do, you know, all three of those tempos, like I've been talking about, you know, it, it saves you time in practice because you already do it. And the kids, you know, I've been a part of offenses when we tell them, Hey guys, we're not huddling. And the kids are like, but coach, we always huddle. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know guys, I know, but we got to do this to win the game. It's two minute drill. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and, and as an offensive line coach, I'm always like, oh, gosh, here we go. But, you know, with our kids, you know, with the way we do it, you know, a no huddle, I mean, some of them like it better than our traditional. So it's not it's not a big deal when we get in a, a two-minute drill where we've got a score or, you know, the, the kids just – they feel comfortable in it. And I think that's the biggest thing. If you can put your kids in a position where they feel comfortable, you know, they have, they're going to have a much better chance to succeed. And I think that, you know, falls on you as the play caller a lot to make sure they're comfortable in that situation. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, that's the main stuff that we would do, just having dedicated uh, time periods of practice for the critical moments like you guys are talking about, for sure. So, Coach, you know, uh, another big thing, uh, you know, moving away from offensive line uh, is, is, is really just, just trying to, like you've already talked about, now you're kind of getting the buy-in from all the other coaches. You know what I mean? Like, you're an offensive line coach, hey – Make sure the offensive line blocks who they're supposed to. We're good to go. But but you going in, you're going into a new situation, and and there's a bunch of other coaches that you know maybe some of them think they should be offensive coordinators. You know what I mean? There's other coaches that that now look to you, and and now not only are you learning ways to build you know team camaraderie with your offensive team, you're also doing that with your coaches. How do I find buy-in with them? How do I get them involved? How do you know? How do I get them on the same page? Was there a lot of thought behind that? Did you have to do a lot of research for that? Did you just go in and say, "Hey, this is how I act, and and I think I do a good job of of including guys"? How much of, of that went into it? Because that's that's a, a a whole new ball game, I think. Once you start getting into you know a coordinating role. Yeah. No. I mean, I I was really lucky with the staff that you know our head coach put together because I mean. You know, there's nobody left over because it's a brand new program. And so um, I was really lucky kind of stepping into that. There's no, you know, there's no prejudice. There's no, well, I should have been the offensive coordinator. You know, you know how it is whenever a coach leaves a place. Sure. Um, and so there was none of that to have to deal with. And, I mean, just the the guys that are on our staff, I mean, they bought in from day one. And and, and part of that was, you know, they, they, they wanted to excel. You know, we have on our offensive staff, we have a lot of really young guys and uh, I mean, they're all hungry. And I think, you know, most of them, they, they want to be coordinators one day. And, you know, I was able to tell them early on, I said, I said, guys, look, you know, I, I, I really want to help you guys. Like if y'all want to be coordinators one day and that's your aspiration, you know, I, I want you guys to, to learn from me because, you know, I've been where you guys are. I've been that position coach and, you know, I, I know what it's like to do what you're doing, but um, if y'all will buy into this system, you know, we'll, we'll make it work and I'm going to help you and, you know, you'll learn from this system. And, and, and it really comes down to just having the coaches that are, you know, just humble guys who just want to work. And that's, and that's what we have. We've got, you know, just a great group of guys. And uh, we're real close. We hang out a lot outside of, uh, outside of football. And um, I think that's the biggest thing is just, you know, letting them know that you're there to help them. You're there, you're there to, to do whatever you can. And, you know, at the same time, you, there, there are times you got to, 
you know, ask for help and you got to listen to their advice. And you know, that's the biggest thing I struggle with because I get, you know, kind of zeroed in on what I want to do. This is this is what I want to run. You know, this is and sometimes you know you're wrong, and sometimes you got to listen to your position coaches and they, and then you know you might not like their idea at first, but you know once they defend it and they explain it to you, you know sometimes you just got to swallow your pride and, and show a little humility and, and and you know adjust and do what's best for the team and and that's something that you know I'm still learning to do. It, it's tough to do, um, but it's it's something that you got to do if you want to be successful for sure. Coach, million dollar question. You know, um, I went to school at Nebraska. You know, obviously the glory days would have been, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. You've been in Tennessee. Same kind of deal. We both uh, we both kind of struggled since then. You know, what's it like dealing with some of the fan base there that, man, it's been a while since Tennessee's been really, really good. Same thing for me. It's been a while since Nebraska was really, really good. No, that's, a, that's funny because I'm not a very big uh, – Tennessee fan, to be honest with you, I'm, my <laughs> wife is a, an LSU grad. So um, I kind of was uh, made early on to become an LSU fan. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, so it's been a good, good year for you, you last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, last year was great. Like we're still living off last year. Life is good. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, you know, Tennessee fans are some of the most passionate people I've been around. Like I didn't, I didn't really get how passionate they were until I moved here. And I mean, they're, they're passionate. They love their Tennessee football. And, you know, I'm a big, uh, Tennessee Titans fan, and I love watching NFL especially. And, gosh, some of the stuff the Titans do with Derrick Henry running the football, it's just how can you not enjoy watching them, you know, do the stuff they do. But, right. um, you know, it's just there, there's a lot of passion in this state for football. And, I mean, you know, even even in the 11 years that I've been here, I mean, football is improving in the state of Tennessee. You know, Middle Tennessee is, um, it, you know, in my opinion, one of the better places for, for football in the state. And, it's growing and we're having more and more kids are going to big schools and um, it, it's just really fun to, to be a part of and to see the, the sport grow uh, um, in the state that you live. I've noticed too. I mean, I've done a few, you know, kind of research projects. I like to, you know, tell our guys, you know, there's not many receivers going to the NFL from Iowa and kind of, <laughs> you know, kind of telling them, you know, Hey, here's some of the different things you got to do. And as I'm researching it, you know, they're, was a ton of really good receivers that have actually come out of the state of Tennessee. Um, so I think a lot of people are kind of surprised, you know, like you're saying, you know, there is good skill talent in the state of Tennessee. You know, you got DBs that are coming out, guys like Ramsey and them that, you know, it's almost kind of, you know, I don't want to say, you know, like unheard, it's not really just hyped up. It's more unheard of, but there's all kinds of great talent that keeps coming out of the area. And it seems like the area keeps getting bigger and bigger. I mean, I know you guys being on the outskirts of Nashville, uh, being a new school, I would imagine there's new schools popping up around Nashville all the time. Oh, I mean, especially Murfreesboro is the big town south of Nashville. And Murfreesboro, I don't know the stats, but it's one of the fastest growing cities in the United States. I mean, it's, you know, we just got added um, here in Wilson County to the east of Nashville. You know, this new school just got built. And uh, by next year, we're probably going to have 15, 1,600 kids, if not more. And we're just going to continue growing. Like, there's already – plans in all the counties to keep expanding but you know it's 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 really cool when you get to you know sit down and watch that uh, college football on Saturday to see guys you coached against like uh, Jacoby Stevens who uh, played at Oakland High School which is down the road in Murfreesboro playing for LSU uh, Woody Washington who's you know playing for um, Oklahoma it's really cool to just be able to watch those guys and to see the growth of you know high school football in the state I mean it's it, it's really fun to be a part of and you, know, you take a lot of pride in knowing you coach against those guys. You game plan against those guys, and it's it's nice to see uh, college coaches having difficulties with those guys after you've had you know difficulties with them for four years. So it makes you feel a little <laughs> bit better about yourself at times. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, coach, you said you had a, a running quarterback. I would assume that had to have been nice as an offensive line guy. Uh, adding that, you know, get one extra hat out of the box. You get to run him, but you know, probably easier as an offensive line guy to say, Hey, yeah, run the quarterback. Cause you don't really care. You know, you tell, Hey, he should be tough. He's a runner as a coordinator. You also have to worry though, that that guy doesn't get dinged up because he's your quarterback. How did you, um, how did you weigh that option uh, as you decided to run with him sometimes? And I'm sure try to keep him keep him upright in, in other games. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, there were early in the year, I would say I was pretty nervous about it just because, you know, you never want to lose your starter. And, and then I kind of realized as the year went on and, you know, our position coaches, our quarterback coach, especially was just telling me, he goes, you know, he's going to feel so much more comfortable if you start running. And I mean, I, the, the funny thing was, I'm like, well, 
well, shoot, I, I want to run him, but, you know, I'm just kind of nervous about it. But once we kind of took the, the training wheels off and let him start running, you know, it, it helped us tremendously. I mean, even him just, you know, if he doesn't have a certain look that we thought we were going to get in the passing game, tucking it and running it, um, we have some really big plays off of that with our guy. And, you know, I, I always joke with the kids and they always tell the offensive lineman, I have a very strict rule in my offense that no offensive lineman is allowed to get hurt. And uh, I, I applied that to the quarterback as well this year. So he, he knew he wasn't allowed to get hurt. He better get up quick if he gets hit hard. And, that's a good uh, rule. I, I got to keep that one. Yeah, I mean, that's that's rule number one. You know, it, it's heavily enforced around here. So, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, we had a, have a tough kid there at, at that position. He's played safety before. And uh, he's he's just a tough kid. And he's just the kind of kid that, you know, just is just going to fight. And that's what he does. And that's that, that's all you want, especially if you got to run a quarterback as an athlete. It's, it's, it's awesome. Coach, was there any talk about having that kid play some defense because he was a defensive guy? Did you guys decide, hey, if it's a quarterback, he plays only one way? How did that go? Yeah, I mean, that was kind of what it came down to. I think early on when we were first, you know, starting up with the kids um, over the summer, he was kind of going to both. But, you know, once we kind of realized, you know, well, this guy's going to be our quarterback, it was more to get him off the defense. Um, and, uh, and and that was, you know, something that I think helped us in the long run because he got to, you know, focus on offense entirely. You know, we're looking at possibly going to platooning next year, um, which I, I think we'll, we could be really good at. I think it could help us. But, um, you know, with, with the quarterback especially, he ended up being all-day offense. And we would do some wildcat stuff where we would bring in, you know, our slot receiver who's just a really, really good athlete, sophomore, just fast and just tough and physical. We would take our quarterback and put him at the wide receiver. And I'm telling you, he thought it was the greatest thing ever. He loved it. I mean, he's coach, come on, you gotta have something to throw the ball to me. Give me the ball out here, coach. And I'm like, dude, just just go stand over there. Like, just, <laughs> <laughs> we brought him in motion to make him happy, but that was that was the extent that we would do with him when we had him out. You gotta block first, man. Just like yeah. just like the receivers do, man. They block for you. You gotta block first, then we'll throw you one. There you go. Absolutely. And and we had a couple, uh, one of our biggest plays in our uh, the third game we won this year, we ran a big reverse and um, our quarterback kind of, you know, gave the ball and uh, he was kind of the pillback blocker, the last guy, and he took off and he made a huge block that turned it into a massive play. And it was just, it was cool to see because, you know, when you, you got a kid that's doing that, especially your quarterback, that just shows, you know, the kids are bought in, you know, they're buying what you're preaching. And, you know, it says a lot about the character of that kid too, which is big. Yeah. There's no, there's nothing better than having, you know, it, it, when I coach quarterbacks and, you know, still have the the talks with some of our guys now being at the passing game, but just always letting them know you're a football player first and then you're a quarterback second. And I think when kids see, you know, the, what you're preaching, like as an offensive line coach, physicality, toughness, being unselfish, when the quarterback sets the tone and does those kind of things, you know, gets the ball out on time and then is going to go throw a block for guys. That's when, you know, it's starting to really sink in. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's, and that's the the mentality that, you know, being a former offensive line coach that, you know, the kids are, you know, the kids are going to, you know, do what you, you preach and what you believe in. And, and if you sell it to the kids, they're going to do it. And, you know, being a former offensive line coach, you know, it's, it's, it's all about physicality. It's all about technique. It's about doing the little things right. And, you know, as a former offensive line coach, you know, you bring that into your new role and, you know, kids start to buy into that. They understand, you know, blocking is important. You know, I, if, if, if I have to lay, you know, lay it out for the team, I'm going to lay it out for the team. And that's, you know, one of the biggest things that um, that we preach on a daily basis with our kids is just, you know, being willing to, to do that for their teammates. Yeah, was that a, was that a tough uh, switch over for you? That's my other – that's my other – has always been my other big, you know, curiosity. I get along really well with offense alignment because I was an offense alignment and I was the chubbier, nerdier kid that, you know, um, I understand them and, and understand how to talk to them and then – uh, you know, there's all the uh, cool kids that, that are special, you know, that are that the athletes uh, that, that I haven't coached as much. And, and I know kids are kids, but, um, you know, they they like to expect that they're going to score touchdowns or they're going to get the ball or they're going to, you know, a lot of different things that offensive linemen don't expect because they never have their whole life. Was that a a much of a shift did you have to shift how you coached it all did you just keep saying hey this is how I do it and I'm sure kids respond to it because my offensive linemen always have how did that work for you well, yeah I mean you know that's something you know you you kind of have to shift from kid to kid kind of how you coach you know I've had offensive linemen that I've coached in the past that I can I can be tough on and I can stay on top and you know I can I can get after them and they're and they're going to respond but you know I've had kids I've coached that you know you if you do that to them they're going to wilt and and they're not they don't respond to it and so 
you know, a lot of it is just understanding the kids and, you know, developing a relationship with them. But, you know, I mean, especially as an offensive line coach, I mean, you know, there, there are certain things that, you know, are, are, are must-haves. Like, we're going to play physical. Like, we're going to, you know, do things the right way. And, you know, you as a coach, like, you kind of have to know the kid that you're, that, you're, uh, that, you're, that you're correcting, that you're coaching to be able to understand, you know, what's the best way that I can relay this to them? You know, is this the kind of kid I need to go put an arm around and, and talk to and explain to them? Or is this a kid that, you know, I, I just need to correct him in front of everybody and it's never going to be a problem again? And, and you know, and, and there are moments where sometimes that gets thrown out the window. You know, something happens and you just – you lose your cool. And, and, and kids have to learn to deal with that because that's the real world. I mean, you know, you're going to have a boss one day and that boss isn't going to sit there and care about your feelings every single day. But – you know, you also have to be able to get the most out of every single kid. And sometimes that means that, you know, you got to kind of differentiate, you know, how you how you deal with different kids. And, you know, it's – I will say, Rowdy, it's tough going from an offensive line coach, you know, having that mentality of, well, you know, I don't ever touch the football. I don't get any stats. But, you know, I'm going to pancake this guy and it's going to it's gonna look awesome on the highlight video one day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it's different because now you're dealing with skill kids who, who want the football. And there's nothing wrong with wanting the football. Like, I want you to have the football too. But you got to understand, you know, it's team first. You know, there's 11 of you guys and there's one football and, and not everybody can have it. And, you know, if you're not willing to go and block for your teammate, then, you know, I'm not going to get you the ball. Like, I mean, it's just, it's just not going to happen because you're not a team player. Like, you got you to play for the team and, and sell out for us to be able to. And that's, you know, that's, that's some of the stuff that we, we try to preach on a daily basis. And, you know, our kids buy into it. And, you know, it doesn't mean you don't have, you know, kids to get upset about not getting their touches and stuff. But, you know, that's just this part of managing a football team and, and you know, um, trying to teach kids that, you know, the, the benefits of teamwork and, you know, working for each other rather than worrying about what I get out of it. Yeah, that's those those tough conversations you get to have as, as an offensive coordinator. And, and like you said, you know, it, it, it's easy to play the, the tough love card, you know. Well, well man, I, I never did that. I never, and again, I, I find myself when I'm talking about like my experiences, I'm, I have to go back to thinking what the, what's the kids thinking. The kid doesn't care what I think. You know, it's, it's I got to kind of get on the kids level where it's like, hey, man, I get it. I've, I've felt the same way you have, you know, you know, it sucks to, to not get the ball and know you could make a difference and know you could make these plays, but also understand the other side of it. Like you said, it is a team game. We've got to do the, the small things and there's going to be times where people are frustrated. Everybody gets that. But how do you productively manage that? So those tough conversations, that's they're never easy. But I think you, you get better with them as you, you, like you've said, get the experience and continue to manage it and do it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something, you know, when I was in college, my offensive line coach in college, Coach Boyd was, was great about that. You know, if you were, if you maybe lost a position battle or, you know, you didn't play very well in the game, you know, he would, he would address it with you, you know, just you and him. Be like, hey, look, you know, this is what's going to happen. You know, I, I believe in you. I know you can come back and win this spot, but you might not be playing this week or somebody, you know, and, and just, having an open line of communication with kids and, and, you know, letting them know, you know, that you're, you're still supporting them. You're still their, their biggest fan, but you know, you got to do what's best for the team. And sometimes it might be to, to change who's playing in a particular situation or position. Um, but just an open communication line with kids um, is going to save you a lot of headache as, as a coach for sure. Well, coach, we're rolling up on an hour now and, and, you know, don't want to take too much of your time, but I would hate to get you out of here before I ask you, you know, what I always like to ask guys, which is, you know, when you're watching another team's offensive line, what's some things they'd be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach? Oh, yeah. I mean, one of the things that, that I always, you know, look at with an offensive line and, and determining, you know, are they well coached or not is, you know, how are they handling different types of blitzes? You know, if, if it gets in a, a crazy situation where it's a goal line look and you're getting a weird defense, it's not what you expected. You know, how are they handling that? Are there guys that are coming through scot-free, you know, are, are the, is the offensive line communicating? Are they, you know, making adjustments on the fly? Because, you know, you're, as an offensive line coach, you're not allowed to be out there with the kids during the game. So you got to – you have to teach them the ability to, you know, alter the rules and adjust to different looks. And if you've got an offensive line who can communicate, who can understand the concept rather than just being robots who block a rule, um, I think that shows. And it shows when it's fourth and inches and you get a crazy look out of the defense and – the ball snap and there's nobody in the backfield. It's clean and it's flat back and you're you're rolling people off the line of scrimmage. I mean that's a that's a well coached offensive line to me and that's that's a spot where I would think very highly of you know the offensive line coach. And then the other one, I think y'all had somebody on here that said this before is if there's a Crowder sled in the back of their uh, practice field and it looks like it's been used, it's probably a pretty good offensive line coach. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's, that's always a big one for me. Yeah, any, anytime I go to a, I, anytime I go to a different school where we play, I always look at the practice field. Oh man, there's a crowd of sled down there. These guys are going to be pretty good this week. Especially if it's got like the pads torn up a little bit, you know, you can't really oh, yeah. re- read the crowd they're on there. You're like, oh crap, this this oh, could be yeah. a long night. Oh yeah, that's that's how you know they're coached well. They're using that Crowder sled and and uh, and it's got a little wear and tear on it. Coach, man, it's been an absolute blast. This hour's flown by, and and like I said, man, it's it's always nice to to get to know guys in areas that I love to visit. Man, I've uh, been to Nashville a few times. Love the city, you know. Love visiting. Love going down there. So. Now we got a, another place we can we can hopefully hook up and talk a little bit of ball if we do get a chance to go back there. Yeah, man, you guys ever come to Nashville? Absolutely, reach out to me. Love to love to sit down and talk some more ball with you guys. You know, I really appreciate what y'all are doing for for football in general. It's just you know it, it's great to the exposure that you give different coaches and just the exchange of ideas is just it, it's it's so cool and I, I really appreciate what y'all are doing. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.